Your Accessible Life podcast segment 12E3, The Accessible Travel Community, featuring an interview with Josh Grisdale, founder of the Accessible Travel Forum, Accessible Japan, and the Have Disability Will Travel podcast. Hello to everyone. I'm Gloria Lepic-Corrigan, and I'd like to welcome you back to the Your Accessible Life podcast, a podcast platform designed to provide practical support for living well with a disability, less ability, or physical challenge. This week, I'm so excited to share with you an interview I had with Josh Grisdale. I learned about Josh through his podcast, Have Disability Will Travel and the wonderful platform he created called the Accessible Travel Forum. But rather than hearing my summary, I'm going to let Josh tell you about himself and how he decided to create these very important programs. You know, I learned about you through the Accessible Travel Forum and and your podcast, which I really love. Thank you very much. I really enjoyed listening to them. Well, thank you. And so I want to take a step backward in time and just ask, ask you a little bit about yourself, what brought you to where you are today, your background, condition, experience with moving from Canada to, to Japan, and then all of these forums that you created. So let me start with you. Tell me about you. Okay. Well, um, I'm originally from Canada. Uh, I'm from, uh, I always say I'm from Toronto, but I'm always sort of uh, being a little bit uh, broad in my uh, definition of Toronto. Um, I'm from a small town about uh, an hour away from Toronto. But uh, in, in Canada, we live at passes Toronto, I guess. Um, and uh, I have cerebral palsy. So uh, for myself, I'm quadriplegic. So both my arms and my legs are affected. So basically, cerebral palsy is sort of like a, um, a damage to the brain. Uh, so it usually happens when you're, uh, before you're born or around the time you're born. Um, not quite sure the, what caused mine. But uh, because of that, I can't walk. Uh, so I have used a power wheelchair for many, many years. Um, I've, been driving, I've been driving for 34 years, as I always say. Um, I got my first chair when I was four years old. So mm. I'm, I'm 38 now. Um, and I moved to Japan about uh, 12 years ago now. Um, I'd come a couple times before that for vacation and I said I loved it and I wanted to stay. And so I've been working here for the past 12 years. How interesting! It 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 seems like such a bold thing to do to you know to switch not just countries but you know longitudes and latitudes <laughs> and all that. It's like that that feels very bold to me. Yeah, well, it was something I really wanted to do, so I didn't want to. And there's lots of uh, distractions and uh, challenges along the way, but um, you know this is where I want to be. So um, I set my mind to it. And that's where I am. Tell me real quickly about Japan because it's not a place where I have ever uh, traveled or really, you know, put together any plans to travel to. Uh, mm-hmm. How is Japan from a disability uh, standpoint, it, even compared to Canada? Or I don't know if you've traveled much in the U.S., but all of those. Yeah, um, I think Japan is sort of a surprisingly accessible destination. Uh, the first time I came, I wasn't really expecting it to be accessible, but it was more accessible than it, I thought it was going to be. Um, and it's been getting more and more accessible every year. With the Paralympics and Olympics coming up uh, next year, uh, things have gone into higher gear here. And, uh, you know, things are become more and more accessible. People are talking about accessibility a lot. Uh, so it's improved a lot. Um, I think right now in Tokyo, about 95% of the train stations are accessible. Okay. Um, 
So it's really easy to get around on public transit. Um, there are challenges for hotels, particularly. Um, there aren't enough accessible hotel rooms uh, because the laws weren't very strict on that. Uh, and even the hotel rooms that do exist are sort of uh, very loose in their definition of what is accessible. So it could, you know, we could really do with a, a strong ADA type uh, law here, I think. But uh, for the most part, it's easy to get around, yeah. So tell me about the, the, the forum and about your blog. How did you come about with developing those things? Yeah, okay. Well, I uh, actually, I first stepped back a little bit further. I have another website uh, called Accessible Japan. Uh, and it's sort of basically a, 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 a portal site for uh, telling people about accessibility in Japan, encouraging people to come visit, uh, going through different tourist attractions and uh, hotels, et cetera, and sharing the accessibility information on them. And through that, I, you know, I really realized that uh, there are a lot of people who have a lot of questions uh, and that they can't all be answered by just uh, you know, a one-directional type of uh, information. And, uh, and for myself as well, you know, whenever I would look to go to travel somewhere else, I would look at other people's blogs and websites and, you know, a lot of times I had questions and I realized that, you know, it's important to have a uh, community uh, when you are setting out any travels. Uh, you know, I think everybody has, you know, TripAdvisor and all those other places, but a lot of times there isn't really anything for people with disabilities. So I thought, you know, it'd be a good uh, opportunity. Maybe I started off with a forum on the Accessible Japan website. I thought, you know, there's a lot of times, you know, people want to go to other places and, uh, you know, it could be an opportunity to uh, connect everybody who has uh, special needs so they can share information, uh, get help, or also they can give information uh, and share different things. And m most importantly, uh, connect on their, uh, the points of commonality in that. So that's why I started the film. And, and how long ago did you do that? Uh, it's been around maybe a year and a half, two years for that one. Okay. And have you seen it growing a lot? Yeah, um, it's growing slowly but steadily. Um, so uh, I've just updated the software this uh, this week, so we'll be able to handle a lot more people, hopefully. Um, and just, uh, yeah, I'd love to have people come and join in that. The more people there are, the better information there is. Absolutely. Do, do you, are there certain areas within the forum where you'd like to see more uh, information? Like I, I know I looked up the U.S. and, and I saw that – yeah, different cities might might need to be added in more. And I mean, what are the yeah. areas you see? Well, right now, uh, because obviously I'm in Japan and I run the Accessible Japan website, I've, um, I sort of use the Accessible Travel Forum as our personal forum at the start to get people to uh, start getting involved in the Accessible Travel Forum side. Uh, so Japan is quite well developed. Um, but yeah, I'd love to see, um, and there's some in Europe as well, but um, more in the States, et cetera. Um, I didn't want to make too many forums uh, until there's enough information because, uh, you know, nobody really wants to go to a forum about, uh, you know, say Montana and there's only one question in there or something like that. So it'd be, I figured, you know, what I'm going to do is just gradually roll out as there are more and more questions about a certain state, then maybe I'll, I'll uh, make that its own forum. Um, but yeah, I'd just love anybody uh, to add information about where they are. Uh, and it just rose steadily and uh, slowly but surely I think it will go. Wonderful. Um, as as I, I think I mentioned to you in my in my emails is that you know a lot of my focus is not just on people with disabilities, but so often the people who have what I call less abilities um, mm. that don't really view themselves as being having a disability, but they really do. And right. um, you know, do you see people sort of? 
coming into those 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 venues that are really more those of us who clearly have defined ourselves as having a disability or how do you see us reaching out to the people the other people out there who really could benefit from what we do yeah um i I try to. I started off using the word disability a lot, but sometimes I've tried to avoid it a bit more recently. Um, one thing I've seen here in Japan a lot is that uh, you know they use the word uh, universal, uh, and I think that's a really good word because um, uh, as I've seen accessibility come into focus here in Japan, um, you see people at the elevators, and they're very. I mean, there's some people in wheelchairs waiting, but a lot of times it's uh, the elderly waiting with a cane or uh, a mother pushing a baby carriage. Um, or somebody who's broken their foot. Um, so something, you know, accessibility and uh, inclusiveness is for everybody. And so I think that um, uh, we need to, you know, share our commonalities. Eventually, you know, hopefully, actually, everybody um, will become, you know, have fewer needs as they grow older. Um, yes. Sorry, fewer abilities. Um, and so I think we need to really work on the commonality that, you know, accessibility helps everyone. And... Um, it's been a real eye-opener for myself as well with the, the website um, as I hear different questions. And actually, one of the, the biggest questions I get on the Accessible Travel for, or sorry, on Accessible Japan um, is families traveling with elderly family members. Um, and that was sort of a surprise for me because I figured dis, uh, accessibility equals disability. Um, but the vast majority of inquiries about uh, renting wheelchairs or other things uh, like that have been from family members traveling with uh, their grandmother or their grandfather and they can't walk very far or they need to rest often. So they ask about questions like, you know, are there places to rest or can I rent a wheelchair or borrow a wheelchair here or there? Um, so yeah, I think it's becoming more obvious to the, the world as well that um, accessibility is for everyone. Thank you. I, I, I agree completely. And that's, that's been a lot of the focus I know from the things I've done where I'm talking with people who are, People would always sort of pull me aside and go, well, you have a much worse disability than me, but how do I do that? You know, and so that's, I've been trying to reach out to the, here's how you do it, people. Yeah. Um, now, it, interestingly, when you, when you were talking about that, I have worked with a woman who is a special needs certified travel agent. Do mm -hmm. you do that as well, or do you book really most of your work, your things yourself? Um, I've wanted to use a travel agent, but uh, I find... Well, here in Japan, anyway, there there really isn't um, that kind of um, setup. Mm. So for most people, we'll go through a regular travel agency. There are a few places that have um, accessibility desks, they're called, and so they will help uh, to a certain degree, but um, it's sort of more set packages. I, mean, I think it's sort of a cultural thing as well. Uh, in Japan, people buy you know a package tour, and they go with a group as opposed to go individually. Yes. I'm much more of an individual person, so the support isn't very much there for people who want to travel individually but have special needs. Um, so you get sort of, uh, you know, no real help at the uh, travel agencies in Japan anyways. Uh, so it means a lot, you know, of extra legwork, if you will, uh, for me, uh, you know, going through different, lots of different information, trying to figure out if things are acceptable for my needs or not. Um, it'd be great if there's um, more opportunities for that here in Japan. Um, it sounds like it. Yeah, that's interesting that you said that because I know when I've traveled, I've noticed that that there's an awful lot of group travel when there are people from from Japan or, or from the, from Asia in general. There tends to be more groups traveling, and yeah. uh, and it does sound like that. That's <laughs> that may be your next battle. <laughs> yeah. Know, right? 
<laughs> no, it'd be great to join in one of those groups as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, that sounds wonderful. Um, okay. So tell me about your podcast. How did you decide to start doing a podcast and how do you choose the people that you talk to on your podcast? Well, um, I started the podcast because, um, well, basically I, I listen to podcasts a lot myself. Uh, I listen to different ones on, you know, uh, news and technology and all those kind of things. And I thought, oh, I, well, I really enjoy listening to podcasts. Maybe uh, there could be one about accessible travel. Um, so uh, I decided to might as well take this leap and start for myself. So, um, yeah, that's how I started. It's not, I'm not putting out episodes as fast as I'd like to. I've got a lot on the, my plate with the Paralympics coming up. But, um, yeah, um, and I just sort of put out the word out there um, that uh, I'm looking for people to join and uh, from one person to another, I've, I've had people come on. Uh, I started off with a few friends that I knew um, and I hope that you will be a guest in the near future uh, when I get some time to sit down and come up with some questions. But yeah, so I'm, I'm willing to any, have anybody who has an uh, interesting story to come on and chat for a while. Yeah, podcasting really, for me too, it just felt like such a, for me it was a natural forum. I love being able to hear what people uh, mm. have experienced and 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 you know, and then talk with them about it. Like this is, this is, I'm so delighted to be able to talk with you because I, I, you know, having seen all of what you did. Um, so you talked about traveling a lot. Tell me about uh, what are your favorite places to have gone? What have been the most accessible? What have been the least accessible that you've found? Well, I'll start with the least accessible. Um, I went to Mongolia once. Uh, oh that was, that was by far the least, most least, uh, the least accessible place. Uh, I went there with, uh, I was working with an organization that um, would uh, take used wheelchairs here in Japan and repair them and clean them up and then send them to different parts of Asia. And so we had a, a group trip. We went to Mongolia to deliver some uh, in person and help do some maintenance on wheelchairs that were there. And um, so, yeah, the only problem was there was nothing at all infrastructure-wise for accessibility. Uh, so I had to leave my power wheelchair here in Japan and I went in a foldable, uh, push wheelchair and, uh, there's a number of people in the, in the group. So they would lift me up onto the bus each time and it was quite an adventure, but it was, you know, it was really an eye opening one that I'm glad I went on because, you know, I got to meet a number of people that, uh, you know, live in that situation every day and they're, uh, you know, some of the athletes for the Olympics, uh, Paralympics, et cetera. So. It was a you know really interesting experience. Um, for the most accessible, uh, well, I'd say Japan is quite good, but uh, I went to Singapore a number of years ago, and I was really impressed uh, with the accessibility there um, in terms of using the public transit and uh, getting around on the buses, etc. Everything, everywhere was really really great. So I think that was a, a good model city. Uh, but I mean, it's a small sort of city state, so it's it's pretty easy to you know make sure all the infrastructure is in place. Sure. Well, and I think everywhere I've gone to that there are pockets that are wonderful, but to, to get larger areas, it's, it's a bigger process. Oh yeah. That's, that's, sure. Mongolia sounds interesting though. That <laughs> my, what a white once. It was good once. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's like one of my sort of fantasy things is Patagonia, you know, going to Tierra del Fuego. Um, right. It's like, I'm told it's exactly what you just described. It's like, yeah, you'll be able to get around, but somebody's going to have to <laughs> lift you. It's like, all right, well, maybe that's what I'll do someday. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think that's that's most of what I wanted to ask you about. I mean, what else would you, is there anything else you'd like to tell my listeners or um, 
you know, what are, what's the next place you want to go? Uh, well, I haven't really thought about much other than Tokyo recently. I would actually love to go to Europe. Uh, I haven't been to Europe for, I went when I was a kid. Uh, I was about 12 years old. I went to England uh, to visit some family there. But I've never really been to continental Europe, and I'd really love to go there, I think, and uh, see some of the, the great art and architecture there. Uh, so that's a goal, but it's, it's, it's even further away from me now because uh, in Toronto, it was only, you know, maybe a nine or 10 hour flight, but now it's a, you know, over 12 or 14 hours now. So uh, maybe one day. And also if I ever get time off work. Um, but, but yeah, and uh, just for the, your listeners, um, I think it's, what's the most important is to find uh, something that works for you. Uh, some people love to chat and ask questions and uh, other people are more passive and like to, uh, you know, just read different information uh, from different places. And I think um, it's important just to use, uh, the variety of resources that are available. Um, and, uh, you know, we're a small uh, community, but um, I think it's important. So, so I think it's important to uh, use all the resources available. And so just, yeah, make use of that and reach out and ask people. Oh, okay. Well, good. Yeah. Let me ask you quickly about airlines too. What, what have you, yeah. had, you had good and bad experiences with airlines in general? Do you think they're good? Um, I haven't had problems in a long time. I had trouble twice uh, back maybe about 20 plus years ago, uh, both times when I was coming from the West Coast going back to Toronto. Um, so I don't know what the, what the relationship was that, with that. Um, and two times I had my wheelchair broken. Uh, but again, that was you know, 20 some years ago. Um, one thing I love about Japan, and uh, sorry, I love Japan too much, but um, is that uh, they really, really take great care of your wheelchair. Um, I, because it's definitely, I think it has lots of ground staff as well. Because um, I've flown from Japan to Canada and then back again on the same airline, but the you know the way the wheelchair is handled is quite different. Um, in Japan, they're very uh, good about making sure everything was wrapped. Um, they did it all in front of me, so I could see or I could ask you know to do this or you know put some wrapping around this or tie this up like this, etc. Um, so there's really you know a very customer focused. And at the very end, they put the whole wheelchair in, in a bag, uh, you know, to really? prevent it from getting dirty. Um, so yeah, it was uh-huh. quite a great experience when I when I came back on the same airline um, from Canada. It was a bit more like, okay, we got it from here, you know, and uh, just trust us, you know, and the, which was a bit hard for me to do. But in general, I think whenever I get on an airplane, I always um, I always take pictures of my wheelchair before uh, I get on, so I sort of a bit of a you know a proof that it was like uh, this before I got on. Yeah, uh, it's possible. I try to maybe, uh, you know, have uh, enough of some of the other ground stuff in the picture so that it's not, uh, you know, so I can say that, you know, it, it was definitely at this time I took the picture, etc. Um, just, you know, just as sort of an extra bit of um, insurance because I, the, the time that it did break before, uh, we were told by the airline, no, it was like that beforehand. Uh, so <laughs> that sort of was a traumatic experience. I was like, so I want something to say, no, it was not. Um, yeah, but yeah, I think it's gotten a lot, lot better than in years past. Um, I still have troubles with uh, batteries. Um, I use gel batteries on my wheel in my wheelchair, and uh, a lot of times uh, the airlines they don't seem to understand gel batteries, or at least here in Japan, anyways. Uh, and there's always you know questions like, can you take out the batteries? But you know they're quite you know each one weighs about twenty thirty pounds, and there's two of them in there, and it's quite difficult. Um, so that's always sort of a, a fight. Uh, at the at their line check in, but again, I, I take I've taken pictures of the batteries um, 
when I bought them. So that I have something to show them so they like I say it's this model. Um, so that at least, you know, maybe they, they sort of a, a way to get around having to take them apart. That makes sense. Well, and, and in fact, the one travel agent that I work with also says, make sure you have the insurance because the thing mm. happen, right? Oh yeah. I, I mean, you never want to, um, show up somewhere and have, you know, when you're coming back, it's sort of, you know, it's not fine, but at least you know where your repairs can be done. But yeah, when you're, when you're going somewhere new, uh, the last thing you want to do is try to find a, a wheelchair player place that, uh, handles your model, et cetera. Which oh. is something I was, before I go somewhere, I usually look up, um, you know, the, the repair place for my wheelchair in that city. So at least I know in case something happens, mm-hmm. um, I, the best place to contact, et cetera. Good. That's a good plan. I agree with you. <laughs> From horrible experiences. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 And it, by the way, you, uh, beyond the interview, I was going to say, you talked about going to Europe. We went to Europe two summers ago. And okay. so we had, and London is excellent from what you you know what you were saying of what Japan's going through right now, and they said it was a largely a part of the fact that they had the Paralympics there, right. and so yeah, and Ireland was very good. Um, okay. Yeah. Well, Josh, thank you so much. I really, I really, very much appreciate your doing this. Um, and is there anything else you would like to say? Uh, well, just uh, go and explore your world. Uh, it doesn't have to be very far. You just uh, go around the corner and explore something new. And I think it's a very important part of the human experience. Wonderful. Well, I would, I love talking with you and um, I hope I will be able to speak with you again. You, All right. Thank have, you very much. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of your evening. <laughs> All right. You have a great day. <laughs> thank you. Bye-bye. Now. All right. Take care. Take care. I have really enjoyed my interactions with Josh through this conversation, through our emails, through involvement with the Accessible Travel Forum, which, by the way, is the AccessibleTravelForum.com, and through listening to his very informative podcast, Have Disability Will Travel. People like Josh really help to bring information out to those of us who absolutely must plan for accommodating our accessibility needs when we travel, but also to the many people with what we call less abilities who benefit from these same accommodations. I found it so interesting when Josh talked about how many questions on the travel forum are actually from families who are traveling with older family members who might need assistance, and to this point they hadn't known who to reach out to. They are learning a whole new way of seeing the world. Josh spoke about community and how important it is for all of us, no matter what our level of ability, to be able to speak with each other and learn from each other. I want to thank you all for being a part of our community and for joining us on this accessible journey. If you have any questions from this or earlier episodes of our podcast, please drop us a note at info at youraccessiblelife.com. And please join us again for future episodes for even more information and practical inspiration. We welcome your comments and questions and ask you to subscribe and share our episodes. Wishing you a wonderful, barrier-free week filled with many great adventures. Thank you.